You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight I'm joined by my friends Sean and Ray. How are y'all doing? Cheers. Good deal. Uh, Tonight we are uh, discussing Freedom, TM, the sequel to Demon. Uh, which we discussed last month. So if uh, if you have not read Demon, and, and you, first off, if you didn't read Demon and you read this book, you have no clue what's going on. Uh, but definitely go check out our other episode to, to get the first part. So, um, so yeah. So tonight, we, like I said, we're re- we're reading and discussing uh, Freedom TM. Uh, it is just the three of us again because uh, the ladies we're not going to be down for this book. Uh, there's a uh, th- this book is the part that had the. Uh, the, the the more graphic stuff that sure, I yeah. specifically yeah. remembered. There was stuff yeah. the other book I didn't remember until we got to it, and then I was just like, "Oh yeah, there was some of that in here too." But nothing like this book. This book has some some rough scenes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I think did we count last month as your pick, and this was my pick this month, Sean? Or I I, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Sean and I basically said, "Hey, we colluded. We're like, hey, listen, we're going to do this one, do the sequel to the next month." So anyway, it's basically our pick. However, we we did it. So, um, so well, like, why did you guys pick this book? Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, we picked this book because it's a fantastic book. It's the sequel to another fantastic book that we both really enjoyed. Um. And hopefully you enjoyed as well. Um, I know your only reservations about the book last month was the fact that it didn't really have an ending. Like it just, if that had been it, if that was the only part of the story we got, it would, I would have been like, what, what's happening? We need more. Uh, But we get pretty much everything wrapped up in this book. There are a couple of stray things that this last time listening to it, I thought I was like, Hmm, there might, might be worth something going you know back to the well on this one so um so in this book like i said is a continuation of the first book um at this book picks up pretty quick after the last book uh the world is basically going to shit it's uh it is it is most of it is caused by uh the demon the demon is a um program that's been uh, unleashed by uh matthew sobel who died um and it was in the first book, it, we really get this idea that the demon is uh, there to basically just kind of sow chaos and, and burn the world down. In this book, on the other hand, we start to find out, yes, he's trying to burn the world down, but he's trying to do it to save us. Um, and this this book is honestly the reason why I wanted to suggest the book for this uh, group, because, like I said, I know, I, I, I know Jen and Chris would not. You know, the, the, some of the some of the the rougher parts they wouldn't be able to get past, but a lot of the ideas that this book puts forward um, about um, being in small communes and like locally sourcing food or locally sourcing materials, like instead of having these monstrous you know supply chains like we have, which pretty much fell apart during COVID. Uh, COVID was a very good example of why these long supply chains don't always work. Um, it, it's this kind of, it, it's almost like the hippie idea of how the world should work, but actually applying technology to it that would in a way that might actually make it work. Um, and so in this book, we follow all of our protagonists from the first book, our antagonists from the first book, um, and we see how they continue to interact to uh, not only, uh, in some cases, w- when they originally, in the first book, they were trying to destroy the demon. Now they've joined the demon and in some cases are flat out trying to save the demon. Um, and so that's, that's the kind of the, 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 the premise of this book. Um, as I've already mentioned, I adore this book. I love this book. Um, uh, I love it. And, and the first one as well. <clears throat> uh, and when Sean and I both talked about when we somehow or another, we got onto a conversation about Daniel Suarez and we're just like, you like Daniel Suarez? And we just start going through and, <laughs> and we're just like, yes, all of his books are great. And so we were like, yeah, we have to, we have to start going down this road. So, um, Sean, initial thoughts. Um, as much as I like the first book, this second book, and it was almost a totally different feel for yeah. this one. Cause it is, it's a rebuilding. Um, and you see the motives behind, uh, Sobel's work and, uh, a lot of rich character development in it. And the, the use of the technology is so organic. Like they, 
he uses it so well, like rating people, like everyone's walking around with AR helmets on the dark net or whatever. And you like, someone would jerk to you, you rate them. And like, you have a social little cue, like everyone sees it. There's, it, it was such a cool idea. And I don't know how well it would work in real life, but. I'm thinking Black Mirror. <laughs> okay, yeah, Black Mirror did take that idea to an extreme. So before we go down that rabbit hole, because that's definitely a rabbit hole, I want to go down here in a second. Uh, Ray, what were your initial thoughts? Um, uh, so uh, again, I'm glad that the glad this book existed because if it was just the first one, then I'd be telling you guys you had terrible taste in books. Uh, <laughs> um, overall, it was it was it was good. Like I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the technologies that they introduced. Uh, and the social uh, pieces as well, I, I can get behind and, and really support. So, yeah. All right. So let's let's kick back on this idea. Uh, so, like you said, everyone's walking around with AR helmets, and uh, you literally can see a radio glasses. Glasses, yeah. Hey, glasses. Um, <laughs> Friggin' Apple goggle thing. No, not the Apple. Yes, they actually. I'm looking like at Eugene and I'm thinking so. helmet. Like he's got that big thing on his I, head. So. Yeah, I have to borrow my boy's headset right now. So. <laughs> Uh, this is definitely more of a gaming headset, but um, I, until you reminded me of that episode of Black Mirror, um, I think it would be just the opposite of like what we're the problems that we're having with social media right now because you could be anonymous on social media, and that's why so many people are absolute assholes to each other because oh, I'm just you know I can call you a jerk and you know be as much of a jerk as I want to because I'm sitting behind a keyboard where I'm safe. If you're after actually having to walk around and interact with people, maybe not be a jerk so much because when people start saying, "Oh, you've got a a two star," yeah, I'm not dealing with you, dude. Like, <laughs> and I, that could definitely have a huge impact. And then, of course, like you said, you brought up that episode of Black Mirror where it was an absolute nightmare where you just get like rated down and there's like there's no coming back from it. So one bad day one bad day um so okay so what was your favorite part of the book uh sean any any favorite parts of the book um there was a lot of good parts um i i did like um oh what, what's his name now um it was near the end of the book and uh What's his name? Um, the Burning Man. Oh yes, you're taking uh, my. I know exactly what you're going to say. Um, I'm just. I'm drawing a freaking blank. Uh, when he's taking on Loki, are you? Yeah. Or are you talking about when he's in the town? Because both of those scenes are fantastic. Um, I I liked. So, okay. What's his What's his freaking name? It's going to bother me. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking it up now. I I know. Uh, I can't think of his name either. It's nearly and uh, Roy Merritt. There you go, yeah. Merritt. Okay, so when Merritt's avatar, yeah, both of them, when he's taking on the for like helping out the town, so it's basically the all the programmers that are in this new society have gotten together and created Roy Merritt, the a tribute to the Burning Man, because um, they respected him so much and donated their points to he becoming like a 200 plus paladin kind of guy and just basically helping people like he's got access to like all the like weapons and the satellites and stuff like the drones and and he's he asked for people okay point to the guys that are hurting you and i'll take care of them kind of thing it was so cool it was so well done um but also but also being like if if I find out you're lying to me, I'm coming back at you too, right? Like it was, yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah, there's not there's you can't point to someone without consequence if you're lying, kind of thing. Like yeah. it was so like it was so well written too, yeah. like how it was done, like the the forethought yeah. of putting it into it, and then yeah, that second scene where he's confronting Loki, and you have to stop. Um, yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to take away your power and all that. Didn't kill him. No, Oops. yeah. Okay, I'm going to reduce you. Uh, you need help kind of yep. thing. Uh, you were a great warrior for our cause. And yeah. And then and then he immediately gets all the power back by other people uh, um, up for Willing him. to donate their. Yeah. yeah. Just so, donating again. Like yeah. those scenes with Merritt, uh, well, the, 
the hologram of merit or whatever um avatar i guess i should say uh, it was like the rest of the book was great but those specific scenes are the ones that stand out in my head and see i could see if if we did create a system like this i could see someone coming up with an idea that we need a a protector that we can call on that could have access and grant access to this stuff but then okay so another technology that is not fully realized but we are definitely getting there is this idea so there's this scene where um uh, these uh, these mercenaries are captured because they're attacking these people on this farm, and um, uh, they capture these mercenaries and they strap the one down. And we kind of see what's happening. We see a little bit of it in the first book, but we really see it in the second book, where this guy is from, uh, I believe, Russia uh, or Ukraine, and uh, and he's just like, well, yeah, I'm not going to tell you anything. And the, it's able to do you know, uh, infrared sensing and stuff on his body until, and literally tease out, like, it's literally like, you know, is the first letter of your name A, B, yeah. C, and it keeps going. When it gets to I, it's like, is it I? It is I. What is the second layer? And he's just, <laughs> as it's doing this, he's like, there's nothing. I can't close my eyes. I can't nope. do anything. It is going to pull the information. From, and then he's like, um, uh, application is is this the word application he's like yeah. he's like i'm on the losing team here i've got to get on the winning team quick um but i mean that is a technology that i've heard about like there there have been you know studies and stuff they've like done facial recognition stuff on people and uh and brain scans and they can tell when you're going to lie before you do like there's something that triggers in the brain and so like that's something that hasn't fully come to fruition yet but we're on the cusp of it. But once again, like we talked about in the last episode, uh, this is, he is, uh, uh, Daniel Suarez is really like the heir to Michael Crichton because he's taking these technologies and seeing where they're going to go. Um, and incorporating that into, like you said, the, uh, the Roy Merritt thing, because it says whenever, uh, so the scene is this, the town's getting burned down. It's literally their darkest hour. And then, um, these five or six balls come down. Now that was definitely future tech that I don't see anything yeah. close to right now, but had he written this book closer to now, they would have been drones. They clearly would have been drones. Yeah. And instead of maybe five, it would have been 50. So even if they start shooting them down, they wouldn't be able to get all of them. Um, and he actually has another book about drones, which is scary as hell. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, it, it even says, you know, if the bad guys, you know, surrender, you must, you know, you must not target them anymore. Yeah. And you, like you said, we will be checking afterwards to make sure that you weren't trying to punish yeah. these people further than what, you know, they deserve. Um, but yeah, that, that scene is so fantastic where you see him walking through and just, Oh God. And then, like I said, like you said, the scene with Loki, um, the fact that, you know, you can only see him with the glasses and it's just this ghost, you know, this ghostly ethereal hero come to save everyone. Um, God, that was awesome. <laughs> Such <Yeah>. awesome scenes. <laughs> um, hey, Ray, any any other scenes in particular that kind of stood out to you? So I did like those ones, but the the and those were going to be my choices, but Sean stole them on me, of course. Um, <laughs> so the only other one that I was going to bring up was um, when uh, the major meets um, the the German. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Uh, 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 yeah, that yes um okay so let's talk about that and here's where this is where i started thinking so there's a scene earlier in the book that was also really it really interesting where the character loki uh goes to this abandoned mine and he finds he finds the 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 ss uh soldier and he's telling him release me bring me into the dark net and he thinks about it and he's like fine Sure, I'll bring you in. And he's just because he, he tells him, he's like, listen, you have no one. All you have are your your robots and they don't, they you know, they can only do so much for you. He said, I can be there for you. Uh, just tell me what you need. And so uh, later on at the very end of the book, uh, we think we're, the major is going to get away. And oh, that scene, how the, the, the Razorbacks roll up because they're on electric motors. You can't hear them until they're literally right there. And I just love, and it goes back to the scene that I disliked in the book the most. Uh, one of them like just holds up its blade and he like takes off his jacket and hangs it on it and his hat and everything before <laughs> he goes to torture, kill this guy. Um, 
some of the other scenes in the movie that are, are in the movie in the book that I really like. Um, I love the scene where they're explaining, um, and and that's one of the other great things about this book is you have these characters talking to each other and and uh, explaining what's going on in the book and the technologies in the book. And it all makes sense. It doesn't seem forced uh, because you literally have a character that's trying to learn and someone else that's teaching them. Um, but like the, the farmer, I can't remember the farmer's name, but like when his daughter is explaining to him, you know, uh, about this new, this new system they have or whatever. And then whenever um, John shows up, in, in Greeley in the small town and he meets the farmer and the farmer's completely converted. And he's like, Oh yeah, we have these, we have these small factories over here that are, it's basically like, once again, he was too early to know about the technology coming. Uh, but he called them basically kind of like a, an automated mill of an automated milling system. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's, those are CNC machines. Like yep. he's literally describing CNC machines and 3D printers and basically combine the two so that you can take raw materials, put it into this thing, and it will put out pretty much anything that you can imagine. Uh, you put in raw metals and it will CNC whatever parts you need. You put in, you know, raw plastics and it will produce these items and stuff. Um, those things are all like we're almost there. We are uh, probably a decade away. Um because literally 3D printers have just hit another renaissance. These newest printers that are coming out that I'm really thinking about getting. They're insane, man. They, the the fact that they can do multiple colors and multiple materials and and like what they figured out in these new th printers are um, they now adjust themselves for their own vibration. They now adjust themselves for their own heat and the pressure of the, the plastic that's inside of them. So they can produce these things that don't really need hardly any sanding. Like they are they are almost oh they're so good they're freaking awesome <laughs> um and yeah so i mean we, we keep getting to that point uh I, I saw an advertisement today uh x tool has a new uh um, portable laser it's basically like a box and you set it on top of whatever it is and it will laser it well one of the things that did in the in the uh commercial today that i saw online that i didn't realize is uh the laser on that is strong enough to do rust removal on tools so literally the guy put a <laughs> rusty uh, uh needle nose pair of needle nose pliers in the thing and closed it and you just watched it burn off of and i'm just like oh my god that i think that device is 500 600 like that's that's doable like that's not like you know a ten thousand dollar machine that's something you could buy yeah. and be able to do that that is that is incredible um that type of technology and then when he gets to some of the other technologies um that is a little far. I, I, you know, I haven't done the research on it. I, I, if I wasn't busy moving, I was, I did intend to try to do some of the research on this because, um, but like the, the information he's talking about um, the native Americans that are building the basic, the, the wind farm, wind solar farm or whatever. I don't know if that's a real technology. It, the way he describes it sure as hell sounds like it could be. <laughs> so there's, um, I, I thought he was actually going to, was it this? I don't think he described it. I thought they were going to describe um, the uh, gravity batteries. Have you, have you heard of those? I've heard of the term, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not. So what they're, what they're doing is they have a weight that, uh, so a mine shaft that's not used anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, they put a weight in there and uh, using solar energy, they'll, uh, they'll raise it up with a, a winch essentially and then over over time uh, at night when the when the when they need the electricity it'll slowly drop uh, through the shaft and it produces electricity as it's going the, uh, down the shaft so they're they're looking at that type of a technology so i i was thinking about like when he first brought up that they were oh they're going to do these i was like oh maybe he's going to talk about gravity batteries and no but just uh, a different type of technology, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, he introduces uh, the, between this and some of the other technologies he's talking about um, for the batteries and power and stuff and becoming self-sufficient. I know a lot of that stuff is available. It's just, and he even says it's the, the problem is, is when you weigh it, if you weigh it just as a financial thing, it doesn't make sense. But he even says at one point, he's like, well, no, if you measure it by, not only how much it financially costs, but how much it damages the planet, how much it damages the local air, you know, economy. Like, you know, when you look at it as to how much it can actually damage stuff, it's like, no, then it, it totally makes sense to do some of these things. Um, 
there's just not there's just not the financial will to do it. And of course, that's how we judge everything is how much does it cost? So yeah, yeah. Um yeah, like I said, I, I love a lot of the ideas in this book. Like I'm definitely not a, a crunchy person. I'm not thinking about moving to a commune or anything. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, if like my city was like, hey, we're gonna stop, we're gonna try to start becoming more self-sufficient and we can produce enough power and produce and stuff like that here and i have to get off of even if we did it as a country even if we could do it as a country and not and and not have to you know depend on a lot of you know the global ecosystem as much as we do i would be all for that um i i mean i'll i just like the idea of becoming a little more self-sufficient but so um (laughs) least favorite parts of the book there's one I can think of. So for me, it was the mutilation of the bodies. Oh, um, are you talking when, about specifically the torture scene? No, no you're I'm talking about like the head in a jar kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah that no. was pretty rough. What I'm, what they were? Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on that one more because I know you're. I know Eugene's thinking more of the Loki torture. Yeah, scene which was brutal. Yes, but at least that one came like Loki wasn't innocent. No, no he wasn't innocent. No one deserved what he got. Um, no, and they fixed him up pretty good, and he became the Darth Vader of the story, which was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that the other scene where they like kidnapping, yeah, Darknet agents and just lopping off their heads and like using their eyeballs and stuff like that. That was pretty gruesome. That was more gruesome to me as well than yeah. chopping up Loki and making it very painful. Yeah. Yeah. See, the Loki at least scene, he survived that. <laughs> true. He did survive that. The Loki scene, though, is one of about two or three different scenes in some different books that I like. It gets to me every time. That <laughs> one, uh, there's a scene in the in the Dark Tower where a, a character's forced to basically kind of do the same thing, but to himself. Um, it's, it's, it's rough. Um, so the scene we're talking about is, is Loki is captured by the major and, uh, in order to, um, steal his identity, but also prevent him from continuing as a dark, a dark net agent. He literally snips off all of his fingers, uh, removes his eyes and his tongue. And so he's basically like, there's no way you can, um, you can communicate with the dark net. You are, you're basically just, you know, a puppet for me to to mess with if I still need you for whatever. Uh, the following scene after that was the first time that we saw we could see what the the SS officer could do. Now that was a freaking awesome scene because I love the fact that it was able to use the technology and he's like, "Yes, you did not, you didn't capture him, you didn't do this, you didn't do that." Would you have enjoyed torturing him though? And when it comes back and he's like, "Ah, yes, you would," and then he, we don't see it, we don't hear it, but he obviously proceeds to to kill this guy in yeah. revenge i was just like yeah. ooh, ooh that's this is an interesting <laughs> idea <laughs> so yeah. um okay so we've talked about scenes we liked as um so we've already kind of touched a little a little bit of it and you know we already talked about it in the in the on the previous book but uh and you've already mentioned a little bit Sean the writing is just i love the writing in this book i love the writing on all of daniel suarez's books but yeah um, you were also right that this book just feels, even though it is a sequel, feels completely different than the first one because the first one is so much the because we have the whole scene with like a lot of the scenes have to deal with like them trying to uh, uh, you know, infiltrate his 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 house and stuff like that, and so that's just like what is this madman doing? He's literally just trying to sow chaos into the world, and this time we're finding out oh. He is, but he's burning down the village to save it, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it it felt like a totally different book in a series. Like, mm-hmm. there, you had the connections and all that, but the tone was totally different. It was basically a rebirth tone, Yeah, which was really nice. And I think that was kind of one of the reasons... Um, I thought about for my own reasons of bringing this book into this group 
hoping like I really wanted to get Jen and Chris's take on this one just for the society rebuilding. Yes. But yeah, you can't have one without the other bits. Yeah. So I get it. (laughs) And, and like I've talked to Chris about the, the different technologies and she said she'd be very interested in those things, but she's not interested in the cost. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. Which is an interesting point, right? Like it's a, I, yeah, it's an interesting. So she doesn't like omelets. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She doesn't want to break the eggs. Someone else has to break the eggs. (laughs) But, but even that, like, it's interesting. The, the question posed within these two books is very interesting is how far do you have to go in order to create a new system? And it's it's a shame that the people in power would push you to go as far as they will. Like, yeah. And okay, so we're, we're going to get to this in a second. There's one more scene, and I thought about it because of what you just said, Sean. Um, the very end of the book. I love the very end of the book. I love that it yeah. it it literally brings him to the the sky gate, and it's like you know the 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 three uh horries basically say only the only he can enter and it's matthew matthew sobel and he literally is just like you know i'm i apologize that i had to destroy you and take everything from you but i needed you to go on this journey and so i need you to tell me um after everything you've seen and done uh was i correct should i turn off the demon yes or no and like literally he has the entire weight of the future of the world. And he's literally because of the demon, he lost his marriage. He lost his kid. He was literally killed. He was an outcast, but then he saw how this world grew up. And it's like, did you, not only did you see mankind show you the best of itself, you've also seen the worst of it. Do you think it's still worth it? And he had to say, yes, yes. Do not, do not destroy the demon. Keep the demon. Um, and I do think it was awesome that literally the last, pretty much like the last line is he gets a message from his son. He's like, dad, yeah. I've been told everything like yeah. I, as soon as you can, let me, you know, yeah. I want to talk to you. And yeah. I'm just like, at least he was decent yeah. enough to be like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm a kind of repair things a little bit. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, um, yeah, uh, let's see here. Um, talked about the writing. Um, the reading, of course, is fantastic. Uh, Again, this is a great voice actor. Well, it, it's another performance, right? Like, it's, yes, yeah. The voice, the voices that he's come up with, you can't tell it's the same guy sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you were reading the book, did it impact your mood? Um, yeah, I think, you know, every time I listen to this one, pretty well anything from Daniel Suarez and all that, I'm, I, I, I lose myself really easily in these books. So, mm-hmm. if the tone is darker, I'm going to absorb that tone. And when it's like this one's about rebuilding and rebirth and stuff like that, then yeah, I, I absorb that tone too. So yeah, it affected my mood anyway. And I- yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I'm in the same boat where um, the revenge pieces were like "fuck yeah," and and, <laughs> and the uh, and the hopeful. I think I really the hopefulness is what resonated with me the most. Um, I was in a very special place when I read this book because, um, like I was telling the guys before the episode, uh, I literally this earlier this evening, my wife and I. Uh, uh, signed on our old house. So I technically I'm homeless right now uh, while my new house is, is finished being built. Um, but it's just, there's a lot of change. I it's been night. I've been living in my previous house almost 19 years. Uh, it's almost half of my life. That's a long time to live in any one particular place. Um, so, you know, I was going through and there's been uh, a lot of tears. There's been a lot of anxiety. Uh, I know I'm grinding my teeth right now. Just even though it, it doesn't seem like I'm super stressed, obviously I am. Um, but uh, yeah, reading this book earlier this week, uh, going through the mental state I was already in, 
was probably not the best idea because especially when you start looking at um, all of the shit that the corporations do to try to hold on to power. Uh, literally, they are there are these conversations in these secret meetings with like uh, DIA, FBI, uh, some of these major corporations, and just listening to some of the stuff. They're just like, "Well, yeah, we we're basically we y- y'all need us to, to save you because you know uh, we pretty much already own you anyway." And some of like you know it talks about how um, gas prices keep rising and food prices keep rising, and yet these corporations keep making more money. Look what's happening literally right now in the United States. Like literally, you know, the inflation prices are still pretty high, uh, and yet corporations are still reporting record profits. And it's just like I, I'm, I'm fucking living in this book. This is not cool. <laughs> um, you know, not not quite to that extent, but you know what I'm saying. And uh, yeah, it just it wasn't really helpful for my mental state earlier on until you start getting to. The, the rebuilding parts and and like you said sean it does affect you you start feeling man maybe there is hope maybe you know i i i, I, I do honestly think human beings generally are are good i really do think people probably 95 percent of the population honestly just wants to have a job they can make enough money to support themselves a home in and be able to kind of do what they want to do. Like they don't, they're not looking to be rich or powerful. They just want to kind of live a decent life. And then you have those few, that 5% of assholes that pretty much ruins it for everybody. Uh, and so, you know, I, I have to keep reminding myself of that sometimes. Uh, doing Ghostbuster stuff helps with that because you see people who just come out and they're just like, oh, that's so, you know, just, they're there they, you walk around they're happy they're smiling it's it, it it is helpful so uh but yeah it definitely affected my mood earlier this week like i said because i was already kind of in a dark place and reading some of the stuff i was just like oh the, maybe i shouldn't have done this <laughs> so well, uh you're reminding me of one of other favorite part that uh, i do remember now what's that it was a scene that they used the demon against another company to, to yeah. make that was another great scene that I'm like, yes, it was fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how, I love how when he talks about the fact he's like, he's like, I'm sure y'all been trying to uh, find some uh, uh, bugs in my programming. And I left some really good ones for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was really good. That was fantastic. Um, are there any lingering questions uh, from the book that you're still thinking about? I, I got have- one. Okay, go on. Mine's not so much a question. Mine's an idea. Go on. Um, so the daemon isn't sentient. It's not AI right. or anything like that. It's just a very sophisticated what if. But um, the Russian or the German Borner, he's clearly AI, high level AI but he came from Sobol as well. Like what there's, there's more going on there. It didn't quite click like, and then you're telling me that Sobol had enough time, like even with those two other guys to like generate the demon and also hidden Boiner as well. The German uh, Nazi Mm -hmm. that is a total AI is self-aware. So that was the one thing that was like, uh, I can understand like one really sophisticated computer program mm-hmm. put together by three guys. But two? But, but yeah, two. Totally opposite. Yeah. Um, I that, that was the one thing. <laughs> and I'm with you, Sean, because that, so first of all, my question would be, did Sobel intend for him to get out? Because... Yeah. I, do, I can't answer. Well, that. I think in the story he he said he wasn't. Uh, See, I thought uh, he was because in the story he even says like whenever uh, Loki's thinking about it, he's like, "Damn it!" Even Sobel even thought about this far ahead. Sobel probably figured out that whoever he picks is going to be an outcast like me, and I'm not going to ha- and doesn't have anyone like right. me. Yeah. And yeah. is it was this his plan to give me something? to watch out for me so I can continue being continue doing the job I need to do. That's, yeah. that's fair. That's yeah. 
but but my my question like you shot what happened to him afterwards as well okay so that's where this is the only reason i would want a third book this is the only reason i would want him to go back and do a third book because i'd want to see a little further down the line what happens when you know like does because Warner even says at one point, he's like, you know, I, I have to do one thing that you say, like, if you say I have to help you when you're, you're, no, you're killed or whatever, I'll do it. And so he basically got back at the major for Loki. So is he completely independent now? Which means what is he yeah. going to do? And yeah. would Roy Merritt have to be called in <laughs> to deal with that? And that's the only thing I'd like to see. I would like to see a future book where we have to see whatever the hell Warner's doing and whatever the hell Merritt does and see that confrontation. That's the only thing I'd like to see as a book. Well, and I, I wonder if, if Borner is um, Sobel's version of Roy Merritt, not knowing that the community would have created a Roy Merritt. Right. He wouldn't have known that. Yeah. So, but obviously he left the hooks in the code for it to be a thing. Yeah, to be something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was. Those are. That was pretty much my only lingering. That's fair. Question. Fair enough. Um, Like everything else is so well thought out, and that just seems kind of like, (laughs) whoa. That's it's either like a really good question for a third book or a massive plot hole. Like. Yeah. Try not um, to think too much about it. <laughs> I know, right? It's it's one. It's such a good book. You don't want to like try to pick at the, yeah. the little things on it. So, um, would you recommend this book? Obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean and I colluded to make sure that we we did these books back to back. So, yeah. I would suggest uh, knowing your audience. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you, okay. So like, uh, Lewis, Lewis has read all Daniel's horses. I think he's read all Daniel's horses. I think there may be a couple he hasn't read yet, but, um, yeah, when I recommended it, like I, I knew he would be into this and he, of course, started listening yeah. and ran with it. Uh, I think if we can get, uh, Joseph to find time to listen to it, I think this would be up, up his, his alley, but going back to, like we said, Sean and I, and you, you, Put it much better than I did, Sean. This the reason why I wanted to suggest these books is because, like, like you said, I know Chris and Jen would love the ideas put forward to yep. what a more sustainable uh world would be like. There's a lot of roughage you gotta get to to get to it, though. Um, but yeah, maybe yeah, this story in like an essay form or something. Yeah, like yeah that. there you go. <laughs> sure, no problem. So, um, we've already kind of talked about the narrator. Uh, any particular themes or anything in this? Like it, it's just, it's just such a good hope. It is honestly a hopeful story. The, 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 there are some really dark parts and it does get pretty dark at the end when they start like, uh, um, attacking the small town and you're just like, could this actually happen? But it's just like, yeah, because I live in the middle of Texas, like fucking Nebraska minus will be Antarctica. You know, it's it's for, so far away. And, you know, not that I not, I'm not one of those people that thinks all news is 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 uh, fake news. But I mean, uh, that was one of the other scary parts in the in the book is is, you know, they uncovered Angie Anderson, you know, quite literally recording this before anything ever happens about the cyber getting, I think is what they called it yeah. uh, and how they were going to sell them basically shutting down the world economy uh, as you know, well, this is what really happened. And it, it talks about like they even were hiring mercenaries to dress up as, as people they were fighting, yeah. you know, so they could record them going, you know, Oh, they're the ones destroying the, the, the towns or whatever. It's these gangs of, of, yeah drug dealers and stuff and it's just like oh yeah that's another thing let's see uh what's yeah. talking about in this you know because right now in the u.s it's it's a uh election year so the border's a huge deal and it's just like that's what i'm saying it was not reading this book again probably right now this year was probably not a good idea for me <laughs> so uh any, anything else in particular trope theme anything that you want to discuss I think I'm. I think we hit a lot of the stuff already. Yeah. Um, If you could ask the author anything, um, what would it be? 
And mine would be, have you ever thought about doing a follow-up? And I'd, all, I'd almost prefer him to go, nope, I'm done with that story. And be like, all right, cool, good. That's <laughs> I'll just leave my questions and, and let them be. Yeah, uh, probably just when's his next book coming out? That, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. I'll so, get it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to ask him what car he drives because is it automated? Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like what do you what do you think of the uh, automatic driving in Teslas? Like that would probably be a good question. He'd probably be like, "I will never get one." <laughs> or maybe a collaboration with Dennis Taylor. That'd be that fun. would be interesting. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. But then, so, who would you get to narrate it? The, oh, mm. <laughs> yeah, that would be tricky. Oh, Both. Yeah. <laughs> another good question I'd like to ask him would be: uh, Is there any technology out now that you're thinking about turning into your next book? Oh, like, yeah. and, and just say, I would assume it would be AI, but it, you know, who knows? Like, he's he's done he's done stuff on drones, he's done stuff on generic yeah. genetic engineering. Um, I would I'd probably ask him what's the technology that he's most hopeful for and which one is he most fearful of? Yeah. And it's probably AI, but other I would than say that, that's why his answer for both, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah. I mean other than AI. <laughs> I may have to see if we can get him on. I don't know if he does podcasts or stuff, but I would love to talk to the dude. So yeah. Um when things calm down a little bit here in a couple of months, I may I may have to reach out and be like, "Hey, would you be interested in being on a podcast?" So, because I think oh, you, I think that would be fun. So, yeah. uh, all well, right. Well, Dennis and Scott were great. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, that is it for our discussion of the book. Um, I guess let's go ahead and, and well, before we do that, uh, so our next book next month is um, Joseph's book. I uh, sure hope he's going to join us for it. Um, but it's an interesting put, uh, pick. It's called Wool by Hugh Howie. And it's the, uh, I guess it's the book that the uh, uh, Apple series, Apple Plus series Silo is based on. Um, yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about that TV show. So uh, reading I've the book. I've seen the show. Me. So yeah, that might be. Okay, cool. Did you like the show? Yeah. Um, Dev and I watched it. We kind of got hooked on it. Um, cool. Um, I'm hoping they do a season two. I think they are. Because um, okay. the way it ends is like, oh, you're shitting me. So. <laughs> if you're in Canada, do not waste a credit on it. Why? It's on for seven bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I'll take a look and see what it's on for. Yeah, because right, I am Canadian, but I find I get better deals on the American site. So imagine that. <laughs> uh, so next book is Wool by Wool, uh, Hugh Howie. Uh, April is Jennifer's book. It's one I've already. I think it's one I think all of us have already read. Uh, Making it so by Patrick Stewart. Uh, and then Ray, have you have you picked your book for me yet? Yep. Yeah, I uh, I threw it out there, um, and I did listen to it. I finished it. It's called Starter Villain by John. Oh, um, I think I got it in my wish list. So yeah, it's it's a standalone um, and a bit of a palate cleanser is the way I'm okay. putting it. So. Good deal. Yeah. Will right. we uh, narrates it? So okay, cool. Yeah. All right, let's move on to other books that we've been reading. Uh, has anyone been reading anything else? <laughs> I spoiled it. Yeah, <laughs> starter villain. Starter <laughs> villain. Okay. <laughs> And making it so I did start, but I haven't started wool, so I better start wool instead. Yeah, it's, yeah I'm it's 15 hours. Probably gonna have to start that one too. But, yeah, um, I'll have to put that on my list here. Uh, Sean, a, you've been reading, I've been listening else? to uh, biography Hope, um, by uh, Richard Zoglin. I'm Bob Hope, so oh, okay, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm almost done, um, because like I grew up like watching bob hope and danny k and yeah i i love the old movies so um there's a few I've, I've learned a few things about him i didn't realize quite how he how much of a womanizer he was um <laughs> a woman in every port apparently so but um anyway no it, it's it's a really fascinating 
listen to. And the narrator is really good for it. He does a pretty decent Bob Hope impression, plus like a really great Nixon impression and stuff like that. Because Nixon and Hope were really good buddies. And like Hope's been friends with most presidents on the way up. So, um, no, it, it I'm loving it. It's great. I'll probably listen to it again in a few years. So Nice. Um, so I have listened to, there was a highly, highly suggested book series out there, uh, that I started listening to. I, I bought the first book and then like books two through four or five were free and then you could buy six and then like seven through 10 were free. And I thought, man, I'm going to run through these. It's the silver ship series. Um, I have finished book three. It took me a while to get through book three. I <laughs> Pittering I, out. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I can keep going with it. It's not that it's a bad series. It's just it is very much the series of, you know, it starts off as one thing and becomes something else. And it's it's very much, well, this a person and becomes he uh he gains power and he's trying to figure out what to do with his power and he's trying to use it for good to help save people. Well, then he gets, you know, a collection of other people. Um and it's very much management of um uh, somewhat resources and stuff like that. But whereas, whereas I really like that type of thing in like the Boba verse books. And I really like the, that type of thing in like um, uh, the outland series. Uh, and even, even the, the Ishmael books, like even though Ishmael is very much on a very small personal scale, Boba verse is very much on a huge scale. Uh, same thing for outland. This would technically be on an even bigger scale, but it, it's focusing too much on the setting up of like the government and uh, policies with some of these other civilizations and stuff. And it's just very, it seems very dry. Like there is some space battle stuff in it, the but it's, <laughs> it's no, I, I enjoyed the Galactic Senate more because I had some more stake in what was going on in the Galactic Senate. This I'm just kind of like, Okay, so yeah, we're building a new civilization and we gotta talk about how we're gonna deal with this and that. And can we get back to exploring? Like I <laughs> so I don't know. It it it's not it's not grabbing me. I'm not gonna I'm not giving it up yet. I'm taking a break. Um and then I may try book four. And if book four doesn't grab me, then I'm I'm out. So because like I said, I think five is another one I would have to buy, either five or six. And at that point, I can decide, no, this this series just wasn't what I was hoping it was going to be. So, um, One uh, one last thing before we, sorry, I, I kind of like liked doing this last time, so I'm going to mm. do it this time too. I did ask chat GPT about uh, book re recommendations. If you liked this book that we listened to, what would it, what would it recommend? Obviously you recommended demon. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Snow crash was okay, another yeah. Neil Stevenson, uh, ready player one, obviously Ernest Klein, um, the circle by Dave Eggers and little brother by Corey Doctorow. Dr. I like Doctorow's writing. So that one might be interesting. So those were the, the five that it had recommended. Hmm. I've read three of the five, but hadn't even heard of the other two. What was the second last one? Uh, Circle. The Circle by uh, Dave Eggers. Is, wasn't there a movie based on that a couple years ago? Probably. Yeah. I know there was a TV show. So. Okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that is our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, wherever it is. Not Stitcher. iTunes, Google. I should say YouTube now. I should say iTunes, Google, and YouTube because you can get the show as a podcast now on YouTube. Um, I I have it marked as a podcast. I don't know how you find it as a podcast on YouTube because I don't I do not do video podcasts. So. I, think, um, I think it's through YouTube Music. Okay, cool. Well, then you should be able to get through YouTube Music because I have... I have uh, tagged all four of the podcast as a, as a podcast on there. So um, you can find us on epicallygeeky.com where you can find all the shows we do, including Creatively Geeky, Epically Geeky, and Sustainably Geeky. Um, Jen actually just put out an episode. Uh, well, what, when this comes out, would have been the week before about um, where uh, food comes from, which is actually really interesting. Um, 
the guy she's talked to, he, she talks to as the, as the conversation goes on, he, he opens up a little bit more, but um, our friend Jen has, has gotten pretty good about continuing the conversation and getting people to kind of pull in that information out of some people. Uh, Cause I could definitely tell she was struggling a little bit to get him to, you know, his answers <laughs> were fairly short at first, but then as he opened up and, you know, went on, it, it was better. So it was just kind of funny. I, I need to shoot her a message and just be like, so uh, how that last, uh, how that last interview. Go? Um, and then you can find us on social media at epically geeky on Facebook and Instagram. Where can we find you online, Sean? Uh, your favorite broken toy on Instagram, spelled the Canadian way, not the crazy American way, I and usually screwing with Wikipedia. And I might have to take up uh, seeing if I can bugger up chat GPT as well. We'll see that, how that goes. Confusing AI, I could probably do it. Nice. <laughs> uh, Ray? Uh, I was using chat GPT to fix all of Wikipedia's uh, <laughs> Chad GPT's uh, making shit up that, wow, it's not, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't use it. It's good for some things, but uh, factual <laughs> information, <laughs> no. It's not good for facts. It likes to make shit up. Yes, it so does. Maybe, maybe it is becoming human. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Reluctant Yeti on Instagram, otherwise, so. And as always, you can find my individual wacky adventure online at Machine on Facebook and Instagram. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 